This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, it's been a dramatic day in Washington. President Vladimir Zelensky of Ukraine has gone to Washington, having been to the United Nations in New York. And today he was refused by Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the Congress, House of Representatives. He was refused the opportunity to address the House, but he did declare that if the United States did not support him and give Ukraine the weapons and the financial support that they need, and they need right now, he declared outright, and I quote, that they would lose the war with Russia. A very dramatic statement, and it is the source of much talk in the United States and also this week. There have been other instances of the polarization, really, between Democrats and Republicans. And we're joined now from Washington by Niall Stanich. Niall is associate editor of The Hill, a respected Washington newspaper and White House columnist for The Hill. Niall, just to, to go to the question of support for Ukraine uh, and indeed for Zelensky, like Almost everything else in the United States now, there is serious polarization among the public. For example, the share of Americans who say the U.S. should do more to help Ukraine fell to 48% in a poll that's just out. 51% believe that the U.S. have already done enough. And this polarization, of course, is mirrored in so many ways at the moment. But this is a very serious day, and uh, the man Donald Trump describes as my Kevin refused Zelensky the opportunity to address uh, the House of Representatives and to make his case to them personally. Yes, that's right. Zelensky had reportedly requested the ability to address the full house. Kevin McCarthy, the speaker, denying that, claiming that they were uh, too busy to permit such a thing. We just didn't have time, was the quote attributed to McCarthy. Uh, Almost no one would believe that explanation or that rationalization of the decision. Instead, it is much more likely to be rooted in divisions within the Republican Party 
over continued aid to Ukraine. Uh, there are Republicans, particularly in the Senate and particularly of the more traditionalist wing of the Republican Party, who are supportive of continuing to back Ukraine, and they believe it is important to uh, that Ukraine prevail as a as a, a bulwark against any further Russian uh, expansionism. But there are a lot of Republicans who don't see it that way, who who much more to the isolationist America first angle or mindset that most uh, clearly or most prominently articulated by uh, the former president, Mr. Trump. And that division, I think, is contributing to Kevin McCarthy's decision here in Washington to not permit that Zelensky address. Yes, and this uh, communist uh, YouGov national poll conducted at the end of last month found that Republicans were approximately evenly split on whether they had a favorable or unfavorable view of the Ukraine leader. 37% had a favorable opinion, but 35% viewed him unfavorably. By contrast, only 9% of Democrats had an unfavorable view of Zelensky, while 60% saw him in a favorable light. That's a dramatic division, really, between Americans of the supporters of the, the two main parties. No, it is, absolutely. And of course, that then renders something like a visit by Zelensky less effective in in political terms. Now, it is clear that he still has a number of people who will give him a sympathetic hearing, whether that's in Capitol Hill or among the American public. But this increasing uh, polarization around him and around the war in Ukraine is very damaging and very problematic because, of course, it. I mean, Republicans, or at least a lot of Republicans, don't want to back anything that has President Biden's name on it. And yes. as a piece I wrote for The Hill earlier this week pointed out, I mean, the, the effort in Ukraine, you and I have spoken about this, is very much personally identified with Joe Biden. It was him who really pulled the Western alliance together in opposition to the Russian invasion of Ukraine in February of last year. And it is Biden who has uh, led the charge, rhetorically speaking at least, to continue American support and to talk about and articulate the stakes that he sees in that war. Um, Republicans are increasingly peeling off from that view. Yes, and traditional Republicans, if we go back, Niall, and we don't have to go back too far, mm. were really not uninclined to go to war. George W. Bush strikes mm. me mm. immediately. But in a more perhaps respectable sense, there was no division between Republicans and Democrats when America's interests were at stake. Mm. The polarization now really has been driven by Trump, hasn't it, and and created by Trump. And Trump has now attracted people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's now in the House of Representatives, and she told the Conservative Political Action Conference, which is an influential Republican body, that Zelensky, quote, wants our sons and daughters to go die in Ukraine. And there's a notorious right-wing congressman now, Matt Gates who accused those who rapturously applauded Zelensky in a, an appearance he made before Congress in uh, 2022 of engaging in, quote, a North Korea-style performance. So we're looking 
America increasingly divided and by wider margins. Yeah, we are. I mean, as you say, Trump has certainly accelerated that process and certainly has a more isolationist view. Now, there has always been a sliver of the Republican Party that has been isolationist. But in broad terms, it's interesting, actually, the way the party positions have flipped. Uh, Traditionally, certainly during the Cold War, it was Republicans who were generally supportive of a more assertive, muscular American stance, and Democrats who, while not wanting to be seen as soft on communism, were more skeptical of such things. Uh, that, That has sort of turned around now, and that isolationist strand in the Republican Party has become very strong. Um, It does make it obviously more difficult to uh, reach any kind of agreement. When you talk about, for example, that comment from uh, Congresswoman Taylor Greene about Zelensky wanting America's sons and daughters to go die in Ukraine. I mean, that's it's not really clear what that's based on factually, because one of the few red lines that Biden has drawn is that he does not want to put American yes. troops in the ground in Ukraine for fear of getting uh, sucked into a wider conflict with Russia, or for that matter, just getting uh, directly involved in uh, potentially a, a rather long war. Yes, I mean, John F. Kennedy's father, Joseph Kennedy, was an isolationist. Mm. Uh, Kennedy, of course, President Kennedy was a very celebrated and much mourned Democrat president. The the problem appears to be now at the moment that America is going, is is split, and the split is widening, and Trump is hoping to benefit from it. At the same time as that is happening, the sort of traditional American values, if you like, are represented by Joe Biden, who is frail, uh, Mm. visibly frail, and increasingly error-prone. Even yesterday, there was a, 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 he was on a platform with the president of Brazil and he forgot to shake hands with him, shook hands with someone else, walked off the stage, had bumped into a flag on the way onto the stage. Mm. There does seem to be, from where we're looking, an almost unstoppable sense of him declining. Mm. Yeah, and that obviously is a very serious problem. And I think it's important to be realistic about this, Eamon. That is not a criticism of Joe Biden that is confined at all to Republicans. There was a poll a few weeks ago where 77% of the overall population believed that he wouldn't be fit to serve a full second term. If he were re-elected and served the entirety of a second term, he would be 86 by the time he left office. It's notable, I think, that when one looks back uh, at uh, Vice President Biden as he was to President Obama, not that long ago, you know, he seems in the in that older footage a much more vigorous, sharper person than he does now. You couple that physical decline that you have just noted with the enormous challenges and responsibilities of being the President of the United yes. States at a time when it is riven by all of the divisions that you have just alluded to, and going into an election campaign which appears increasingly likely to be against Donald Trump as the Republican nominee. Trump is leading by a very, very wide margin. 
there's a lot of democratic anxiety about this whole picture and the way all of these dynamics intersect with each other. Certainly to many Democrats and liberals, the whole sort of future of America is at stake when one raises what they would see as the specter of Trump being re-elected. And if Biden proves uh, too frail to prevent that, or, or there are too widespread voter concerns about his physical condition, uh, and that that lets Trump back in, that would be, in the judgment of many Democrats and liberals, a catastrophe for the country. Yes, and the sort of rise of the right in the Republican Party and people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, but also Matt Gates, mm. who is congressman now, who uh, Jim Jordan, who is the chair of the House Judiciary Committee. And yesterday they had summoned Merrick Garland, who is the Attorney General in the United States. And Garland is notably correct in his behavior. He was, as I'm sure you can uh, confirm, Niall, Obama wanted to nominate him for the Supreme Court. There was 10 months left in Obama's presidency, but the Senate, Mitch McConnell in, in particular, stalled that appointment, and in the end, it couldn't be made, and we got uh, one of Trump's nominees. He's nominated three justices to the Supreme Court instead. Merrick Garland was in front of the Judiciary Committee yesterday, and it wasn't a pretty sight, I have to say, watching Jim Jordan, who in our terms would be a right-wing nut job and is chairing the Judiciary Committee insulting somebody uh, like Merrick Garland. The alleged issue was that Garland had done many things interfering in the Hunter Biden case, for example, which were... Uh, patently untrue, but nevertheless, he had to sit there and take it. Yeah, I mean, it was a very fiery hearing, for sure. Merrick Garland has become this sort of lightning rod, because less so because of the background, though that is, of course, valid, the whole Supreme Court issue, more so because Merrick Garland, as Attorney General, uh, carries the ultimate authority, I suppose, in relation to, for example, investigations into Hunter Biden. Um, Jim Jordan, who you mentioned, the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, is a very uh, firebrand conservative from Ohio. Ohio, a very, very dedicated follower of uh, former President Trump, someone who voted, for example, not to certify the results in the Electoral College, and yes. also when there was a later, um, the Select Committee that we remember in uh, 2022 that was looking into January the 6th, Jordan refused to cooperate with that committee uh, at all. He, as one would expect, was was sort of fairly belligerent yesterday uh, against uh, Merrick Garland. There, I mean, we can perhaps uh, separately, if you want to, go on to discuss the specifics of the Hunter Biden thing. But when it comes to Merrick Garland, there's just this enormous division of opinion between um, primarily Democrats and liberals who see him as uh, having the kind of rectitude that you mentioned and proceeding by the book and others uh, like Jordan, but also the people who would vote or approve of Jim Jordan, uh, who um, take a completely different view. Jordan at one point contending that the fix was in, uh, in relation yes. to, to Hunter Biden. And yes, I saw, that I saw that moment. It was a particularly mm. ugly moment. Because uh, the sort of corollary is that Trump has also 
been, mm. I mean, Merrick Garland is, in the end, Jack Smith's boss, the mm-hmm. person who appointed Jack Smith, who is the special counsel who has charged Donald Trump in the case of the documents in Mar-a-Lago and also in the January 6th indictment, which is a criminal indictment, both of them are. Uh, so it's not hard for Jim Jordan to discredit Merrick Garland and the judicial proceedings there, the whole idea of justice, and he is the chair of the House Judiciary Committee. So justice and the law are being undermined by that, aren't they? Surely. Yeah, I mean, clearly we are in a situation where uh, Republicans are very eagerly fanning the flames of the idea that the Justice Department and the justice system has been politicized. Now, you know, when one has been fair about that, you have to then objectively look back at the time when Trump was president and was specifically instructing or urging people like Bill Barr, his attorney general at one point, to either go after people or to declare election fraud when there was no significant signs of election fraud and all of these kinds of kinds of things. I think what is really going on in a way, Eamon, in, in the big picture here is that Republicans, particularly those supportive of Trump, believe he's going to be the nominee again. Yes. They're quite likely right about that point. And the biggest liability to him then in the 2024 election will be the combination of January the 6th and these four criminal indictments against him, totaling 91 criminal charges. If you can neutralize that, at least among your own supporters, by saying that that's a fix or evidence of the deep state or evidence of bias or people doing Joe Biden's bidding, you then lower the political impact of these things. And I think, tactically speaking, that's what we're seeing here. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now, the American public uh, appears, in the case of Zelensky, for example, to be, you could say, indifferent mm. or divided. Mm-hmm. But the numbers are pretty stark. I mean, Mm. 51% say that America has done enough in helping Ukraine. Now, in the face of that, the president of Ukraine, uh, Zelensky, has said they're going to lose the war, and they're going to lose the war to Russia. Mm. And if Russia takes Ukraine, there's an awful lot of other countries in that part of the world, who will be uneasy. But Mm. everyone should be uneasy because a war criminal and a tyrant will have had his way. Mm. The the question, I suppose, is the mood of American people Mm. as they witness this. Yeah. There are a couple of ways of looking at that. One is that there is still a fairly significant wave of the American people who dislike Putin, see him as dangerous, worry that if he prevails, it will embolden not just Putin, but other American adversaries, notably China, which is the real threat to American dominance and preeminence in the world. Against that, you have others who look at the price tag for the war in Ukraine, are perhaps not that interested, frankly, in what happens in Ukraine. And the, the cost of this war to the American people makes it quite an easy issue to incite or spark discontent uh, about. So, for example, right now, uh, President Biden is seeking the approval of Congress for another $24 billion in aid uh, to Ukraine. If he got that, it would bring the total American aid to Ukraine since the start of the war to over $130 billion. So, I... The broader context here is that even that total figure, 130 billion, is about one sixth of what is spent to fund the Pentagon, the American Armed Forces, for a year. Yes. So it's not as a—I mean, there's vast amounts of money sloshing around in American in the American defense budget. But you talk to somebody. Uh, you know, in a in a town that has seen better days in Ohio yes. or Pennsylvania, and say 135 billion for Ukraine, while maybe your roads are potholed or your schools are bad or various other things, and it's easy enough to see, I think, why there is that degree of resistance. Yes, and if you think of what's called in America the blood and treasure. Mm. that has been wasted in anything from Afghanistan, uh, perhaps going back uh, to Vietnam, both of which ended in humiliation to to a, a very large degree. And, of course, George Bush's Iraq uh, mm. adventure, which he embarked upon with the support of uh, Tony Blair. Americans have every right to be skeptical of foreign engagements. And history has a curious way of 
coming to conclusions about certain mm. things. And it may well be that the American people have come. To, is it your, do you see it, Niall, as Americans having concluded that, I mean, they had a terrible humiliation in Afghanistan and it's recent. It's during the Biden presidency, in fact. Yeah, you, you just raised the point that I was going to mention, which is how fresh the memory is of yes. Afghanistan and the withdrawal from Afghanistan. It, it's perhaps notable, and maybe doesn't get noted enough, that the first really serious dip in Biden's approval numbers came around the time of that rather chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan. And, you know, the Afghanistan war, 20 years long, and what was achieved, really, as soon as America started uh, preparing to withdraw, the government that it was propping up collapsed in ignominy and yes. the Taliban got back in. Now, in terms of Ukraine, obviously, it's a very diff different situation. The one thing that I would say that is uh, interesting is the degree to which it has faded from the headlines since the early days of the war. Yes. I mean, even now, admittedly, here in Washington, you would have a, a population that's more politically engaged than other parts of the country. But, uh, you know, walking around the streets here, you used to see quite often the yellow and blue of Ukraine in people's windows or flags yes. flying, all of that. That is, you still see it occasionally, but that's a rarity now. I don't think that that means that people have suddenly become, you know, pro-Putin, a man no. who they rightly see as a thug. But I do think that the interest and engagement with the war in Ukraine has declined. And there is a, a weariness in general. Would that be fair to say? Now? It would, absolutely. And I think engendered primarily by Iraq and Afghanistan, although in the long view, probably, as you say, dating from Vietnam. Just a final question, Niall, one of three final questions I normally <laughs> <laughs> throw at you, sorry. Yeah. Um, it, when it comes to the presidential election next year, mm. what is going to be the defining issue if one can identify such a thing? Mm. Um, clearly Trump's character mm -hmm. is, is, is an issue. Abortion is emerging, isn't it, as mm -hmm. something of an issue, mm -hmm. a, a big issue mm -hmm. uh, for women in particular. Mm -hmm. What do you think will be, or if there were three issues you think will define it, is that an unfair? It is an unfair question, no, but I'll ask not, it anyway. Well, it's not, it's not that unfair a question. I think it's one of the uh, indicators of what a strange time we're in, that there, there are two completely different ways of answering that. One is in terms of the conventional political issues. And in that sense, I would say the economy is obviously always a, a big issue, certainly in relative yes. peacetime, and when there has been so recently such high levels of inflation. That would be a big issue. Abortion has become a far more salient issue since the Supreme Court yes. struck down Roe versus Wade. And to some degree, immigration is an issue, not least because even northern cities, uh, you know, which are, have elected Democrats as their mayors or councillors, are now struggling with an influx of, um, of migrants. But you said defining issue and yes. assuming it is Biden versus Trump which looks very likely at this point. It is really 
uh, going to be a matter of which drags a candidate down more. Is it Donald Trump's character and the way that character affects or or is inextricably bound to things like January the 6th? Does that disqualify him or does President Biden's age and seeming frailty disqualify him? It's not going to be a terribly inspiring campaign if it's Biden versus Trump, but that seems to me to be the way it's going at the moment. And it's likely to be Biden against Trump, even taking everything into account. No question about it. Okay, now we're very grateful to you, Niall Stanich, Associate Editor of the Hill Newspaper and White House columnist for that paper, and a hugely valued contributor to The Stand. We're grateful to Niall, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.